0: Hi everyone and welcome to the Product Marketing Life podcast brought to you by Product Marketing Alliance. My name is Emma Bellardi and I'm a content marketer here at PMA. This week's podcast is sponsored by Product Marketing Core. Product Marketing Core is our very own product marketing certification program and it covers the A to Z of product marketing essentials. With 11 modules, 68 chapters, 87 exam questions, 10 plus hours worth of learning and official PMA certification, it's a course not to be missed head to pmmalliance.co slash pmmc for more info as part of this series we're connecting with product marketers from all over the world about topics they are super passionate about and in this episode we'll be speaking to matthew sedze product marketing manager at tiktok about launching products in an emerging market pre-tiktok matthew worked at facebook for five years and his journey with the social media giants began in johannesburg south africa for the past three years, he's been based in Dublin, Ireland. Anyway, enough from me. Welcome to the show, Matthew.
1: Hi, Emma. Thanks for having me.
0: It's our pleasure. Uh, could you tell our listeners
2: a little bit about yourself and your role at TikTok? Yes,
1: yeah, so currently I'm a product marketing manager um, for at TikTok, looking after Middle East, North Africa and Turkey. Um, TikTok is being, becoming a really large and emerging platform, um, really taking to, to market a lot of our products as we start becoming a major player within the advertising space and in the social media space.
2: Excellent. Um, so in the intro, we talked a little bit about your time at Facebook. Uh, can you tell us a bit about the products you launched while working in sub-Saharan Africa?
1: Yeah, so we launched a ton of products. I think it's It's fair to say we were launching a huge amount of products at the time. Uh, When I joined, uh, Facebook was uh, expanding in the region. We launched products like Slideshow. We launched offline conversions. We launched uh, some of the cross-border business products. And those were some of the exciting launches. But some of them were also expansion of existing products into the market. um, As we looked at uh, lead ads, which was a product that was Developed and was now being uh, scaled into, into to sub-Saharan Africa.
2: Okay. And can you tell us a little bit about Africa as a market?
1: I think the best way I can talk about Africa as a market is that Africa is ahead and behind at the same time. Um, when I say that is it's, it's a center for innovation. If you look at uh, solutions like M-Pesa, if you look at some of the uh, offline, um, uh, areas uh providing electricity to to markets or to places that don't have electricity i think there's a lot of innovation that's happening in the space i think right now africa is one of the largest areas where investors are investing in fintech mm-hmm. but also in when you look at the at the market is also behind in terms of infrastructure so if you're looking at uh percentage of coverage of the internet across the continent it's not as high or broadband penetration of continent is not as high. So you have this sort of uh, interesting um, uh, situation where when you're approaching that market, you have to consider the fact that there's things where Africa is going to be at the cutting edge and defining what happens next in that space. But then there are also areas that uh, Africa is still quite, quite behind and you have to approach it with that mindset.
2: Okay. So... Or when we're talking about emerging markets, um, both at, both with your work at TikTok and Facebook, what are the differences between those emerging markets and how did those differences change your approach to launching a product?
1: I think the biggest difference, I think, with in, in launching a product in emerging market and a launching products in, in other markets is just You've got to reconsider everything that you know about your product. You've had a, if you've got a product in existence somewhere else, uh, in a, in another international market or in the US or in the UK, when you're starting to take the product to, uh, the, to an emerging market, like let's say Nigeria, you're thinking about it more holistically. You're not just looking at saying, I'm going to expand and get a uh, critical mass. One of the interesting things that, I I found now during my time at Facebook was uh, Africa's credit card penetration is around 4%. So if you're looking at launching a product in that market and you don't consider payments as one of the areas that you need to look at, you're going to have some difficulties launching in that market. And then the other thing is also Africa's, uh, especially when you look at uh, sub-Saharan Africa, uh, it's probably three times um, the landmass size of the United States. So you're looking at one area that's also very geographically diverse, but at the same time, you have additional complexities. The region itself, you've got over 2,000 languages that are spoken there. So you've got a, a large population mass, but actually it's actually a very fragmented population. Whereas in the U.S., for example, if you're looking to launch a product, you're looking at an almost homogeneous a state of 300 or 350 million people that you're looking to reach as a target market. But in Africa, you've got a billion people, but that's split across multiple languages and you don't have that consistency when it comes to the market.
2: Okay. Um, so what comes first for you then? Is it the product or the market? So are you building a product for an emerging market or do you build a product and kind of discover an emerging market as you, as you go along? or is that
1: kind of a mixed bag for you? I think the depending on where you're approaching it from, if you're looking at a whole new innovation and you've got the time, I'd say build products for emerging markets because there are yeah. certain constraints that you wouldn't have to deal with um, if you're building that same product for uh, mature market um, like the US or the, the the EU but when you're now building and you've build a product specifically for emerging markets you're going to have much more success um, part of what I found out is that when you build for an emerging market and you start looking at the application this there's a lot of commonality in how that product is going to be used across other markets so looking at products like slideshow that uh, Facebook, invented and and worked on, the focus was very much on emerging markets, but as the product launched, people started to see the use cases could be actually also applied for small businesses at a global level. And that's a really good example of when you're designing or building a product for emerging markets, how it can actually go and be able to scale to other markets. But When you're looking at it the other way around, which is when you're taking a product from an existing market or you're launching and launching it into a new market, some of the times you're actually thinking about, are you actually launching a whole new business altogether? So you have to think about channels. What are the constraints that um, you have in terms of the channels that you can reach uh, people in that new market? versus in your existing market? Do you need a different set of partnerships? Do you need to think about payments? Do you think need to think about an entirely different go-to-market strategy? Majority of uh, what happens in, in some cases, especially the ones that have had the least amount of success in emerging markets, is you've got an existing strategy, you've got an existing business, and all you're looking to do is expand into a new market. But with a lot of emerging markets, the nuances that exist there require you to rethink that you actually have to approach it as I'm launching a new entire business. Uh, does the unit economics make sense? Uh, can I charge it at this particular, the same price point as I have it in international or in another international market? Mm-hmm. Yes, that's the cost. Yes, that's what you've been charging. But sometimes that might not be the price point you need to be starting off uh, in the market. Uh, a really interesting example is offline uh, mode and offline listening for things like Spotify. It's a massive uh opportunity. But if you're going to do an all-streaming uh app uh in emerging markets where bandwidth can be unreliable, the product actually is not so so good. So you have to rethink about how you make that business model work or that particular service work yeah. um besides just the launch.
2: Okay, so um, just to backpedal a little bit, how do you go about validating opportunities in an emerging market?
1: I think this is one of the toughest things that's out <laughs> there. Um, I think when you look at just you're gonna go on a data data driven approach, right? And majority of the times there isn't a lot of data. Um, I I still struggle trying to find who are the top advertisers, who are the top uh, marketers. I, in in a specific market, and it's really hard. And part of launching into an emerging market is understanding you're building uh, a really good start for a product that might have critical mass later on. So you have to think about it as an investment. Um, I think having that mindset of understanding, I'm not investing on just basically where I can see now and be able to validate and have the data to do it. But I'm thinking about what is this product going to be five years from now, 10 years from now, and how much of an impact is it actually going to have? I think there is a difference between uh, looking to um, exploit or looking to uh, maximize an existing opportunity and then thinking about how do you actually sort of plant a tree and watch it grow and and bear fruit over time. And I think with emerging markets, um, even thinking about product launches and expansion is uh, approaching it that way, is how do I plant a tree and uh, bear you know, bear the fruits over time?
2: Mm-hmm. So you'd say there's, prob- there's more risk involved in launching for an emerging market versus an established market. But can you talk us through some of the key differences there?
1: So I think one of the key differences is just Price point, right? If you're launching a product, if you're a SaaS provider and you're launching a product, you have to consider is $1 or even $5, what percentage is it of somebody's um, basic income or monthly income or daily income based upon that? And that's one really key thing is, is understanding that Five U.S. dollars in Africa or in in a, in a specific emerging market might not be the same as five dollars elsewhere. But then that's also part of I think the discussion of um, ahead and behind. In some markets, um in, in some areas and some sections of the economy, some people are actually doing really well. So uh, interesting uh, factors. Uh, Champagne is one of the largest is, is consumed in Nigeria at a massive uh, pace, but mm-hmm. it's one of the largest markets for champagne. But you're still thinking about people that are learning earning less than five dollars a day still exist in the same market. So mm-hmm. understanding, I think that difference and and that complex that the market is not black and white. It's more of a spectrum. I think that's important when it comes to pricing. The second thing is also channels, uh, you're looking to reach a a mass amount of people, but not everybody can be reached with some of the traditional channels that you marketing channels that you have. I think as product marketers, first thing is like, how is my online marketing presence going to look like? And sometimes in some markets and you're looking to reach a particular audience, it might not be the best uh, way to be able to reach uh, that particular target audience. So thinking about channels differently is really important. And also having the, I think, the courage to invest in offline channels. Um, one of the things I experienced uh, while while in in Lagos was massive uh, billboard from Google, actually talking about a Google Search, and that was really an an eye opener for me. Is this assumption that you can be able to just take uh, online channels and be able to launch the product uh, through just online channels and Having to understand that there is going to be a mix of both online and offline within your your go to market strategy. Uh, the other thing is just around period before you get any investment, right, or you get a turner a return on the investment that you're putting in. I think that slow slow growth is something that you're going to have to expect when you're when launching into some of these markets. There are lots of barriers that come around with that, and I think one of the most significant ones is just complexity, uh, you have to think about markets that have leapfrogged and might uh, might not actually have all the background of what's that evolution. Like currently, uh, some of these emerging markets, whether it's in Southeast Asia or in Africa, is um, conversational commerce is already native to the platform. They've skipped over the point of having a website in order for you to transact and to have uh, to do commerce. But... They might not understand what was the importance of having a website, or understanding why you needed to have banner displays. That's not the background that they come from. Mm-hmm. And having to now say, I understand where you are right now, which is ahead of the curve, but we need to get something settled in terms of your understanding. How do you develop an online marketing strategy and how do you then use a conversational conversation? Commerce- as part of a broader strategy. And I think that's really important for a lot of uh, companies to understand is there is gonna be some investment, a a lot of upfront investment around education, training, and being able to get to a point where people can confidently use it. Uh, Their clients right now, if you're in the cloud business that are cloud natives, they've never had to, um, to invest in physical server infrastructure. They understand the need for cloud services, um, but if you're going to try and pitch or sell them a particular service within the cloud space, you're talking to a cloud native and your positioning, your messaging has to be different, even though they're in an emerging market, which might not tick all the box of being an advanced market in that space. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of people that are just native to certain technologies and certain platforms. Absolutely.
2: Um, so what, so basically, you know, you have a lot of experience in launching products in emerging markets. So what have been your main lessons? Are there any, any hard lessons that you have had to learn along the way that you could share with us?
1: Um, I think the first hard lesson is payments, Uh, payments, payments, payments. Uh, (laughs) I think um, being, having been uh, sort of launching products and you're, you're relying on a clients actually have been able to pay for the product, Mm -hmm. and finding out that, well, you've got this low penetration of credit cards, then you've got this low penetration uh, of debit cards as well. And for some marketers, your first experience is, well, people use debit cards instead of credit cards. (laughs) So things like that actually make uh, a huge difference. Um, Thinking about as you launch into emerging markets, can customers actually pay for your product? Um, it is part of the business planning, but it's always something that I say, even with product marketing, you're like products already built, it's ready to go to market, but someone has to ask the question, can clients actually pay for us um and can they you know uh, transfer money to us? can we get paid? can we receive the money back and and that's been a major lesson and the second thing is also as I said before and i and I continuously always uh hit this home is is you're going to have that a difference in market it's ahead and it's behind all at the same time and having to kind of navigate how you do your go-to-market strategy means you have to invest additional time in understanding who your customer is and being clear about what are the other factors what is the context in which my customer lives in and in being able to actually say i'm going to launch this product in this particular context. These are some of the areas that we need to think about. Whether your company says, this is a critical part of it and we're going to solve it. I think the businesses that have succeeded the most uh, on the continent, um, I always talk about, uh, I think one of the, the biggest ones is, is the uh, telco operators who've had to invest in electricity infrastructure in order for them to, uh, to be able to provide services in those areas. And that's not something that you would have to do if you're becoming a telco operator in, in another market is you have to think about it as a whole. Uh, can I also invest in the additional infrastructure that surrounds this product or this, uh, the solution? Whether it's from a training perspective, can I get people that actually understand my technology or my solution uh, going through and, and being part of the talent pool that clients are going to hire from and investing about Investing in this is almost as an entire investment, not just a simple uh, product launch. Okay. Excellent. Mm-hmm.
2: So, for anyone who's new to launching a product in an emerging market, what advice would you give them?
1: Uh, Over invest in in time with your customers, um, whether it's um, in customer interviews, um, spending actual time on the ground, travel to these markets. Um, understand what is the cultural context, what is the social context that all these products are living in and being able to have these very candid conversations with your customers. And you will be surprised at how much they know about the area that that you're launching a product in, how much advice they can actually and guidance that they can give you in terms of how to make the product better, how to launch successfully in the market. Um, Because I think as for marketers, we love, we love spending time with our customers, but actually being in the local context helps you to have a very different perspective uh, of actually what's happening in the market and spending time understanding, well, I can't, I can't use this language in this particular region. I have to use X because that's a dialect that's spoken there uh, in order for me to have uh, traction. So spending time with your customers um, in potential customers and spending time in the market, uh, physically on the ground, interacting, tasting the food, drinking the water, as mm-hmm. they say, and, and really immersing yourself, not just in the customer's problem, but in the context in which your customers are going to be using your product. And um, that, I think, is the most important one.
2: Awesome. Um, well, I think it's a really nice note to kind of wrap it, wrap things up on. Um, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me, Matthew. It's been an absolute pleasure.
1: Uh, thanks so much, Emma. Uh, it was really great uh, sharing this time with you. Thank you.
2: So, take care, Matthew. All right. Bye. Bye.
0: For everyone still tuned in, thanks so much for listening. And if you enjoyed the podcast, please help us spread the word to other product marketers. Before we leave you to get on with your day, if you want to get involved, here are a few ways you can. If you're a product marketer and you want to come on the show and speak about your day, a specific topic, or your role in general, that's one option. If you want to flex your podcast hosting skills, being a guest host is another. And finally, if you or your company want to sponsor an episode, there's a third. Thanks again and have a great morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you are.